Hi, this is Jeff Kober, and we welcome you to this Disney at Play podcast. This is the last of our 50th anniversary series on the Walt Disney World Resort and the cast member handbooks created in 1971. We have covered the entire Magic Kingdom and Disney's Contemporary Resort, and now we look at the final gem of Walt Disney World's opening, Disney's Polynesian Resort. We'll look at how the resort was presented originally, along with blueprints. We'll take a look at the original shops, restaurants, and recreational facilities that were part of this sprawling resort. This handbook offers insights that we don't seem to have from other sources. Those insights were shared to new Disney cast members, most of whom not only had never seen a Disney theme park, but had never been to a Disney resort because there wasn't one. If you yearn for the Walt Disney World of yesteryear, or if you want to know what this hotel was like back in the early days of Walt Disney World, along with the atrium, I may add, this is your podcast as we finalize this series on the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. Thanks for joining us. And be aware that if you head to Disney at play.com, you'll be able to see some of the blueprints and other photos that um, frame out our discussion today about Disney's Polynesian Resort. One of the things that I, I find interesting about this, before I even get into what the handbook said, is the location of the resort. When, uh, when everything was being built originally, that everything was fairly much a swamp on this side of Bay Lake. And so land was pushed toward the Magic Kingdom and in its wake became um, the Seven Seas Lagoon. There was actually a squared off space placed on the east or the west side of the lagoon. It is known as Disney's Grand Floridian Resort today. I wonder why in my mind they didn't put the Polynesian there to begin with. I wonder if the land was not settled enough in that space and that they chose to do it. Maybe they chose to do it because they thought it would be a good idea to put a resort that was fairly connected to the TTC and thus be able to share some amenities or other kinds of things. It always made me wonder because you kind of think, okay, from Disney's, from Tomorrowland, you can kind of see the contemporary resort out to one end. Wouldn't it be great to see the Polynesian Resort as a little bit more of an extension of Adventureland? That never happened, of course. Uh, Polynesian Resort is way on the other side of the lagoon. Um, and it also, it did offer a, a wonderful view from the beaches of the Polynesian looking out toward the distant Cinderella uh, Castle. Well, let's talk about uh, this resort. Chapter 1, Introduction. Nestled in luxuriant landscaping on the southern shores of the Seven Seas Lagoon is the Polynesian Village Res Hotel. By the way, I should just stop here and say it's it's got a lot of names going for it right now. It's called the Polynesian Hotel um, when on the cover of this handbook, but already it's called the Polynesian Village Hotel on um, the on this first set of text. So. 
and and we don't seem to use the word resort much in the early days. Its motto is, and I apologize for any Hawaiian or South Seas language that I'm missing here, but Aita Pete, which means, quote, there will be another day tomorrow just like today, end of quote. I love that quote, by the way. Maui, the god of vacations... <laughs> slows the sun down to make the days longer so that our guests may enjoy the slower-paced, more casual atmosphere of this delightful South Seas resort. I had never heard a Maui referred to as the god of vacations, but I, I suppose um, his reference to the sun kind of makes a little bit of sense there. Maybe that's also why Maui is represented when the gardens of the interior gardens of the atrium were taken out um, and why maybe it was put there instead. The hotel was designed by Welton Beckett and Associates of Santa Monica, California and Wet Enterprises instructed by U.S. Steel Realty Development. The Polynesian Village Hotel offers our guests excellent accommodations in a peaceful village atmosphere. The Great Ceremonial House which serves as the main lobby and reception area, and the eight longhouses clustered around the peaceful green lagoon form a lazy setting in which our guests may relax and enter a more tranquil period. Despite the surface tranquility, this 500-room hotel is much like a small city in that it provides service to our guests 24 hours a day you will become a very important part of this hotel. To help you in your role of serving our guests, we have provided this guide for your information. We hope that it is of interest, but most important of all, we hope that you find your part in our show rewarding and worthwhile. For you will be the one most important factor in making our hotel truly unique. It then offers some uh, construction photos of the Polynesian as it was being created. And by the way, going back to my earlier conversation, you can actually look out in Seven Seas Lagoon and see the section that was somewhat dedicated toward, well, that it was somewhat dedicated toward um, Disney's, um, what would be um, Disney's um, Grand Floridian Resort. Actually, if you kind of look at that, you'll see that it's more of the DVC, what would be the DVC section of that or where the wedding pavilion is. And you see um, beyond it, another green berm, which is not usually shown in, I'm looking at two early maps and I don't see any depiction of it, um, which also forms uh, Grand Floridian eventually at some point. Chapter two is the construction story. And I'm going to reference you back to um, I'm not going to read the first two paragraphs because they are comparable to the ones for the Contemporary Resort. Remember, we had the conversation of U.S. Steel being a partner with Walt Disney Productions in creating this hotel and in running it in the first weeks of it before Roy O. Disney purchased the um resort side of the business. It does say to add to the authenticity of the Polynesian village area, the pitched roofs are covered with a special tin covering called Corten, 
which weathers to a rich natural earth tone patina. All steel structures are covered with wood, and eight and the eight longhouses, which house the guest rooms, are norm, no more than three stories tall, which keeps the silhouette long and low, befitting of a Polynesian village. To me, um, these longhouses are somewhat reminiscent of the Garden View um, wings of the original Disneyland Hotel. Uh, this core 10, didn't know that there was a name for this thing, this tin covering, now that you mind you, this of course makes sense coming from who but u.s steel being the construction of this you can see this today as you go past um, the enchanted tiki room in adventureland you can see these tin uh, thatched roofs um, made to look like thatch but in truth it is um it is this core 10 product that u.s steel um, came up with very clever Chapter 3, The Inside Story. The two-story Great Ceremonial House, which is the main hotel building, will serve as the reception area for all our guests. The color scheme is of green and orange, featuring a green quartz registration desk and white revolving ceiling fans. The Great Ceremonial House contains two levels, the Lobby Sea Level and the Bay View Terrace. I will try to get photos of this green and orange motif. This is so, this is so 70s. But, um, but I love the color. In fact, I think, I think one of the rooms in our house kind of modeled these colors. Uh, the Lobby Sea Level contains the lobby and registration area, the executive offices, host and hostess locker rooms, a wardrobe issue area, and a nursery for our guests' convenience. Did not know about the nursery. Also included on this level are four banquet rooms, which bear the thematic names Melanesian, Polynesian, Micronesian, and Oceania rooms. Um, I did know about the these rooms. And in fact, I did a program when I was with Disney in those rooms. Originally, we had, we hosted our Disney Approach to Quality Service originally in these rooms. Um, nothing too eventful about them. Where are they now? They are actually the rooms that make up the massive gift shop on the bottom floor. They, they were, that was not a gift shop back then. You went upstairs for the gift shop portion or the larger portion of the gift shop was certainly made up in that space, um, that now house, um, that once housed the, um, the, uh, these banquet rooms. And um, they are really no longer... Now, there was a actual... Um, as I recall, there was actually a little newsstand in the corner there. But, but most of these rooms, the Oceana, the Micronesian, the Polynesian, and the Melanesian rooms were all um, part... And there was also a set of restrooms right in that area. And you can see this. You're going to want to see the blueprint, which um, shows not only these rooms and how they connect to the kitchen back of house, um, but also I, it gives a great aerial view of the atrium and how it was originally designed. Uh, and I say atrium, I mean the gardens in the center, which was probably one of the most beloved pieces of Disney's Polynesian 
resort. I loved how you walked in and there was this indoor big garden with waterfalls and everything around it. It eventually went away, I believe, and this is Jeff speaking, that um, the water had created a situation in which it increased the humidity level and it's like it's like having and and created a moisture which can eventually i'm not saying it happened but it eventually can create a a kind of mold or black mold on your walls or inside beyond your wallpaper and so at any rate it kind of becomes a very health hazard over over time and that's probably why they took that out is because that water and moisture level was so high that's my my understanding and my thinking um but i do miss those indoor gardens they were beautiful chapter four polynesian dining designed for gracious unhurried dining uh the restaurants in the polynesian way i have to laugh because a lot of critics say that People feel pushed through the Ohana experience these days, but it was unhurried dining in the original years. The restaurants in the Polynesian Village Hotel provide island foods and international cuisine in new and exciting ways. Pape Bay Veranda, I never pronounced that right, but I'll go with it. This is um, what is now Ohana and was really the main formal dining experience, our guests will find themselves transported back to the French colonial era in this elegantly designed restaurant. They'll be surrounded by peaked ceilings, elaborate colonial furnishing, furniture, and large ceiling fans as they enjoy Polynesian dining at its finest. The menu will feature tropical and continental food as well as flaming desserts and imported island coffee. Oh, so 70s, those flaming uh, foods and desserts. Aesthetic murals adorn the walls to add to our guests' dining pleasure. And I'm just not sure what those, those aesthetic murals were. That would be a great thing to look up. I have to do some search on that. Adjacent to this is the Tambu Lounge, located on the Bayview Terrace. The Tambu Lounge provides exotic drinks and imported beer from Hawaii, Tahiti, and the Philippines. Tambu literally means a native meeting place, and so it shall be, says the guide. Coral Isle Coffee Shop, which uh, has just been remodeled again after so many times, but uh, um, serving breakfast at any hour and featuring Hawaiian-grown coffee, the Coral Isle Coffee Shop offers our guests casual family dining. Captain Cook's Hideaway, which is still known as Captain Cook's Hideaway. Captain Cook's Hideaway serves Polynesian specialty drinks to our guests in a very cozy atmosphere. The Barefoot Snack Bar, poolside snacks and beverages are served from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Kind of ends early there, I think. Room service, food with an international flavor is provided to our guests through room service from 6 a.m. to 2 a.m. That room service goes to 2 a.m., but the, the, the bar, the snack bar, uh, stops at 6 p.m. Go figure. Chapter 5, South Seas Shopping. This men's store will feature, oh, I'm sorry, Robinson Crusoe Esquire. This men's store will feature sportswear and beachwear in addition to its basic men's linen. 
The Polynesian Princess, located on the Bayview Terrace level, this women's shop will feature Polynesian women's sportswear and swimwear. A full range of specialty items will be available. Trader Jack's Grog Shop. The liquor and gourmet shop within the Polynesian Resort will feature fruit drinks and Polynesian snacks, as well as an array of staple uh, liquors and beverages. Village Drugs and Sundries, located adjacent to Trader Jack's, is the drugstore, which offers gifts, souvenirs, fresh flowers, a candy shop, film and camera accessories, and men's and women's toiletries. Finally, news from Civilization, located on a square overlooking a Polynesian-themed reflecting pool, is the newsstand, which features newspapers, magazines, and a broad selection of souvenirs and tobacco products. Now, the way it had done been um, outlined on the blueprint, and again, the blueprint is is pretty specific. I mean, it, it even shows where you're going to lay down rugs. But uh, Trader Jack's, Trader Jack and Grog Hut and Village Drugs and Sundries, those were the um, the shops that you find on your immediate right as you come in from the monorail station and uh, and that was located there and then I mentioned um, a newsstand um, news from civilization but that was on the inside they say it's on the outside but it was on the inside um, the barefoot snack bar is basically where you find the um the barefoot snack bar is basically where you find uh pineapple dole whips it's a little kiosk outside just um on the north doors of the building as you head out toward the pool there are um some gift shops that are also currently in on the bottom floor on your way to um, uh, uh, Captain Cook's and that was actually a telephone equipment uh, room the the um, I can't remember the name of the artist but there is a artist area there that was actually a telephone equipment room and then actually what was um, what is men's and women's restrooms on your way um, to Captain Jack's um, that was a smaller set of restrooms in the earlier day and the women's gift shop was in one place and the men's gift shop Esquire is actually the seating area of Captain Cook's so things were um, there was a lot more retail in that area and then the um, Mouseketeers Village Clubhouse is in the location of well it was once the arcade but that of course became um, uh, the um, oh what is the the dining lounge there now um, I'm dropping a name there I apologize but um, it's the one that's kind of has an enchanted tiki room feel to it uh, I'll have to come back to that name chapter six special guest services the Polynesian Village Hotel guest has a wide variety of services available to him 
One of the most innovative is the use of our centralized computer reservation system. When a guest arrives at Walt Disney World's main entrance complex and has made prior reservations, all that the guest needs to give is the welcoming host or hostess his name. This information is relayed to the front desk of the Polynesian, where all guest registration documents have been pre-printed and are waiting for the guest's arrival. After giving his name, the guest then arrives, drives to the hotel, where he is personally greeted, quickly registered, and then guided to his room by a reception host or hostess. At the same time the guest registers, a folio is automatically set up, thus avoiding confusion in the billing process when it is time for checkout. Again, this is all very confusing when I look at... We read the same thing, had the same text last week on the Contemporary Resort, and it was kind of... Um, confusing as to exactly when it is you check in or where it is you check in and even more confusing is that there really was not a and I'm I'm looking this in real time here but back then there was a social hostess assistant manager's kind of desk there was a registration counter um it 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 doesn't seem like it was the same as it is currently and again you get the feeling like you were maybe checking in at the ttc before you headed on into into disney i don't think that ever occurred but i think they were thinking these things back at the time they wrote this if a guest arrives to the main entrance complex and does not have a previous reservation, again, what is the main entrance complex? Are you, are you just driving through the toll booth? Are you actually at the TTC? Um, the reception host or hostess is able to quickly tell the guests what accommodations are available, either at Walt Disney World's resorts or when completed at the Motor Inn Plaza on Preview Boulevard. This instant information is provided by the computer. After making his choice, the guest may follow the same check-in procedure as a pre-registered guest. So you almost get the idea that these guests are are checking in like at the ticket booth at the TTC, the way they describe that. And there was a parking area adjacent where guests could have parked if they had gone through the toll booth and maybe been told, okay, don't go to the main parking, but go up to this and check in there. I don't know what they were thinking at the time. I didn't ever see it occur or roll out that way. But again, this is the confusion of this document. In addition to these instant lodging services, the computer will be able to make recreation activities, reservations, dining reservations, reserve golf start times, review entertainment activity, and even make car rentals all in a few seconds. Maybe another one of the reasons why the... Polynesian was situated where it's at is it is a little bit more convenient to the golf courses. Um, the golf resort, as it was originally titled, uh, was not actually built at this time. That came a year or two later, as I recall. Once the guest has arrived at the Polynesian village, he is truly... So again, you see the idea that all of this has occurred before you arrive at the Polynesian village. Once the guest has arrived at the Polynesian village, he is truly transported back to a more leisurely, less automated time. Automobile traffic is practically non-existent. 
in keeping with the Disney dream of divorcing our guests from reality. Transportation is never a problem, though, for our guests have three modes from which to choose. The silent all-electric monorail, gay open-air trams, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I've heard the trams called many things. Gay is not one of them. Or waterborne lunches. <laughs> Who writes this stuff? Uh, this is this is Mar This could be a Marty Sklar thing. This transportation system allows the guests easy access to Magic Kingdom, to the temporary resort hotel, to the Tricircle D Ranch, or anywhere the guests would like to go. In the lobby near the reception area, ticket booths have been provided for the guests so they may obtain Magic Kingdom books and tickets for the various recreational activities. For the guests' convenience, the Polynesian Village offers six days a week valet service. Walt Disney World's own laundry located in the North Service area provides same-day service. If our guests have pets, kennel facilities are available at the Calcan Kennel located at the main entrance complex. The charge is 50 cents a day, which includes a Calcan meal. Should our guests require service for their automobiles sometime during their stay with us, the Golf Car Care Center located if you don't know what golf is i think some of my listeners you don't know what golf is there are still golf gas stations but they were it was golf gas and they'd be gas stations and they became a sponsor for disney and and they not only sponsored the car care center which is still there today it's not sponsored by golf but they they not only sponsored the car care center but they also sponsored, I think it came out in 1972, the Walt Disney Story. This is in the Walt Disney Theater in the Magic Kingdom. And it was sponsored by golf at that time. It is equipped to change the oil, fix a flat, give a tune-up, fill the tax, gas tank, or maybe make minor repairs. This is an era, too, where somebody came out and filled up your gas tank. You didn't do it yourself back then. Very different era. Chapter 7, Guest Activities and Recreation. Guests at the Polynesian Village have the opportunity to participate in countless activities utilizing the best equipment and facilities. Facilities, Recreational Receptionist. The Recreational Receptionist is located in the main lobby across the, from the registration desk. This hostess offers information to the guests regarding recreation programs and also sells recreation and magic kingdom tech ticket booths okay so you know there is a registration desk in the hotel and it says so in the blueprint doesn't look quite the size of the one today but at the same time they they emphasize the whole idea that you pick up everything from a separate um building complex which if you remember Fast forward, okay, the next hotel will be Disney's Grand Floridian, but after that they'll build Disney's um, in, in 88, and I was one of the first guests to stay there, Caribbean Beach, you actually checked into a separate building. The registration portion of the experience was not in the same building as the food and beverage and what you see today, the gift shop and so forth. Um, so it was a very different kind of experience back then for them, too. Um, the Recreation Desk will serve as the headquarters for package programs and special interest programs. All reservations for watercraft, campgrounds, golf courses, and central reservations for dining and entertainment are made 
from this desk. Equipment. The equipment checkout facility is located near the marina. The Catamaran Corner, love that title. Catamaran Corner near the marina area provides all types of watercraft for our guest use in the Seven Seas Lagoon and Bay Lake. Outrigger canoes, sunfish sailboats, capri, bobarounds, bobarounds. I have to get a picture of that in too. If you haven't seen a bobaround, catamarans and paddle wheel boats are all available on a rental basis along with instructions on how to operate each type of craft. Programs, tennis, there are four lighted courts together with the pro shop. These are located at the Contemporary Resort Hotel. Tournaments and professional instruction will be available as well as open play. Cyclery, bicycles are available at the equipment facility near the marina. Two types of programs are offered on five miles of bicycle paths. I do not know what where you were gonna bicycle other than right there inside the resort because nothing went anywhere else. Two types of programs are offered on five miles of bicycle paths, non-structured riding and structured tour programs. Prices for these programs are $1 per hour for a single bike and $2 per hour for a tandem. But you must imagine that there must have been a place to go bike because the bike stand was near the marina. Children and youth package programs. The children program, six to nine years of age, and the youth programs, 10 to 13 years of age, will have two hour and four hour programs with the four hour program, including lunch. The cost is $1 per hour. The Mouseketeers Village um, Clubhouse, which is the children's nursery, okay, at the Polynesian, will feature puppet shows and Disney animated features. So this is um, uh, this is where the Polynesian Resort lounges. The um, I um, uh, the not the Tambu Lounge, but the oh my goodness, how can I remember? Um, what is the name of that little place with um, um, the goddess um, Aoa is stationed there. So um, I want to just look that up as we're speaking. I'm sorry, but I have to I have to look this up because this is just driving me so crazy that I can't remember it. Trader Sam's, of course. Trader Sam's Tiki Terrace. Well, Trader or Trader Sam's Grog Grotto is where this Mouseketeer Clubhouse is. Yeah, now they have a bar instead of a nursery. Um, and then the terrace is, is outside uh, of it. So I knew I'd come to it. And and by the way, I also reference Kona Cafe, which was just simply um, uh, called a coffee shop back then. Um, inclement weather program. This program will provide activities for the hotel guests when outdoor recreational activities are not available because of implement, inclement weather conditions. The program will offer a variety of educational, social, and recreational programs designed for various ages and interests of the Walt Disney World guests. Programs will consist of specialized classes that include lectures, demonstrations, exhibits, clinics, and motion pictures. I have no idea. Other than showing a movie, I had I never knew that any of these really did much of these kinds of intellectual, you know, it sounds like the original days of Disney 
um, uh, uh, um, uh, <laughs> Disney Institute, <laughs> my, my old stomping ground. I can't believe I forgot that. Um, what's so funny about this is, um, or not funny, but one thing I should mention is that for years, and I think they may still be doing this, there was actually a group that assembled at noon on Saturdays that was kind of a hula, um, hula group. So you would learn the dances of of Polynesia and did so for many years. Of course, Andy Cowie was the symbol of all of that and the culture and really was a beautiful spirit who who just really set the tone, was kind of the official greeter, but it really started back in the early days of the luau's. Speaking of such, after hours program, the beginning of the night festivities at the Polynesian is heralded by a torchlight ceremony complete with drums and Polynesian runners. A series of special events are planned on a regular basis to ensure the hotel guests of another unique of of another unique recreational experience during the evening hours, such as beachside luau. So the at the dedication of Walt Disney World, when they had the press event, not October first, but like uh, the 22nd, 23rd, they um, did a big luau for the press and they did it right out there on the beach and they had the runners come out and that's what they're referencing in this um, in this discussion here. Um, it actually turned into inclement weather, I think that very night and they ended up having to bring it all indoors. Uh, that was a, That was always a problem back then. Um, and eventually they would get around to building um, the Luau Cove where they ended up doing the Polynesian, um, where they would end up doing a, uh, a dedicated Polynesian Luau during that time. Um, and there are some, and by the way, Four Wilderness is another component I'm not going to cover. They didn't have a dedicated pamphlet for that. They kind of put it under recreation which is kind of another group, but I'm not going to go through that because it's a lot of replication. What I am going to share, I, I, but I will come back to Fort Wilderness in, in days and weeks to come because I do have some great opening year, uh, opening, uh, year ceremony uh, stories to share about Fort Wilderness. But this is the one section I thought was fascinating because again, the resort's not quite yet built. We're kind of, this is this written at the time cast members are being hired and needing to be trained. Surf at Walt Disney World. Watch Beachcomber Isle out of the Seven Seas Lagoon. Soon a strange tentacled mechanical monster will start to be assembled there. It is going to bring an ocean atmosphere inland to Walt Disney World. The sound of surf and the sight of surfboards will soon be a reality 50 miles from the ocean. Offshore Technology Corporation of San Diego, California has developed this unique attraction for Walt Disney World. Eight generator flaps, 16 feet by 24 feet, and all prefabricated, have been constructed to create waves four inches to four feet high, and yet to prevent unwanted swells in other areas of the lagoon. Each wave will travel 450 feet underwater, invisible to guests, and then rise and roll 200 feet to Surfrider Beach. 
These flaps will protrude approximately two feet above water level and will be driven by hydraulic pumps requiring a 400 horsepower hydraulic plant. Don't know who really wanted to know all the technical details, but I'm giving them to you. Actually, the generator flaps will create five waves that will superimpose to produce each basic four foot wave. This wave will be approximately 180 feet wide and hit Surfrider Beach just north of the Polynesian village. A unique feature is that the angle and size of any wave may be changed. Yeah. Surfing activities will include surfboards and outriggers, South Sea style in the early morning, late afternoon, and evening. The middle of the day will be dedicated to family fun in the surf with rafts and mats. Yes, there will be a surfs up atmosphere 24 hours a day in the vacation kingdom of Walt Disney World. This, of course, was Dick Nunes's um, crazy idea to compete against the ocean by putting up a wave machine. And the wave machine actually is, the portions of the wave machine are still actually there against the island that is closest to the Polynesian Resort. They actually um, put it in, installed it as they were building out the Seven Seas Lagoon. And uh, I've never, and people did surf on it um, both times, it seems. I'm sure it happened a little bit more, a little longer than that. But the surf machine kept breaking down and uh, the waves were pulling out the white sand that they had put along the shore and all of that. And eventually it would die, but then be resurrected by Disney's Typhoon Lagoon back uh, later in 1989 but this was uh this was what was happening back then in its day and it was a big part of of the whole the whole vibe at disney's polynesian village hotel which is disney's polynesian village resort today yet you can't help but love this hotel it just it just has this charm to it that is, yeah, a little bit lost in the tiki culture of yesteryear, but at the same time just has a timeless feel and laid back feeling. It just is its own world. And I enjoy every moment that I can spend at Disney's Polynesian village it is a lovely resort filled with lovely people such as auntie cowie um, a great place to stay if you are at walt disney world well that concludes our disney at play podcast thanks for joining us remember that we welcome new uh, folks joining our wayfinder society um Check that out at DisneyAtPlay.com. It's our Patreon group, and it allows us to bring more of these podcasts to you. Grateful that you could join us and be a part of this podcast. Again, in the words of Sinbad's, uh, <laughs> Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We will see you real soon. Thank you.